Hey, welcome to Night School, number 81, which means that the show is now divisible by nine, at least for this episode, or until I do another nine, until another nine come down the line. Uh, but uh, I always liked 81. I always liked the 81 was nine times nine. I think that's what it is. It's been a long time since I actually did any math whatsoever beyond basic arithmetic, so I don't really know. I don't really remember, but 81 stands out for whatever reason. As someone who wasn't interested in math as a kid, learning the nines, the stuff that is divisible by nine, was always interesting to me. Maybe because it's the largest number, uh, the largest single number, rather. Uh, And I remember a documentary about guys who basically have Rain Man-ism, whatever that is. Uh, Basically an incredible memory an incredible ability to just go through details from the past. And one of those guys had a form of synesthesia where objects, buildings, virtually anything had a certain number, usually corresponding to height. So tall trees and tall buildings would be nines. Uh, Don't ask me how this actually works or anything else, but it was interesting hearing this guy explain that, how he saw numbers and just different things out in the world. But cities were very intimidating to him because as he was riding in and he saw the skyline, he just saw a bunch of nines. And nines were generally intimidating. Very intimidated by those big old nines. Tall things, buildings, trees. Uh, But yeah, something about nines. There's something about nines. Everyone talks about how things come in threes, the rule of thirds. Uh, I know that, in my opinion, when music repeats itself, say a part is repeated three times, sometimes that sounds better than four. It's almost like the third time that something is repeated leads into the next part better than if it was just completely squared off. It's better to watch a pro wrestling match of three people than it is four. There's a lot of reasons why threes are good and why they work in different situations, different settings. But I think nines need to be uh, put in use more, especially because they're so damn intimidating to people with synesthesia. That way we're guaranteed to keep people in check if things are comprised of nines and we celebrate nines. Oh, you like the rule of thirds? Well, I like the rule of nines, which is divisible by three. I'm into 81. I'm more of an 81 guy now. And there's that whole rule, too, about how if you add the numbers together, if you add 8 plus 1, you get 9. If you add 7 plus 2, you get 9. If you add... uh, (laughs) I won't go down the whole chart. I won't go down that whole chart, but I do like that, how you can add the numbers together and you get 9. It's a way to check your work, as they say. How many opportunities do you get now to check your work Some jobs, you kind of check your own work, but I always liked that about math. It's one of the few things, again, that I liked about math. I liked nines, I liked things that were divisible by nine, and I liked checking my work, especially because it was a rare occasion that my work was just flawlessly done in math. So when I would check it and it would come out, when it would literally check out, it was always exciting to me. But when it didn't, whew. I didn't care. Life moved on. Life moved on. Speaking of life moving on, it's been a day. It's been a day for me, for sure. 
as some people say, one of those days, as one of those people would say, one of those days. And it has been. I mean, just before I started recording this podcast here, I was taking a bath and I was getting my Epsom salts already. I was going to salt myself. I was going to soak in the salt, get all salted. I was going to get real salted tonight, uh, opposed to salty, because I was, I was already salty, so I thought what I need is to become literally salted. I need to soak in a bath of salts. But I spilled some on the bathroom rug in front of the sink, and I had the bath running, and I thought to myself, oh, this is easy. You know, there's a pile of Epsom salts on my bathroom rug. I'll just shake it into the bath. I mean, that makes complete sense. Talking about math right before this, just that's just logic, you know. That's just like checking your work. Yeah, of course. There's Epsom salts on the rug. Uh, what's the best option? What's the most logical option? Instead of wasting those Epsom salts, shake them into the bath. Put them to use. I didn't think that far ahead, though. I didn't use... Uh, there was a logic to that, but I wouldn't say that I was actually thinking logically because as soon as I started shaking that rug above the bath... I saw that the Epsom salts went in the bath, but I also saw a bunch of other shit, uh, like fuzzes, uh, I don't want to say fuzzies, uh, you know, some fuzzies went in the bath, now, what else do you call them, lint, I think of lint as very clothing related, I think of lint as little bits of your clothing that rub off, uh, but as far as what comes off the rug, I've only ever heard people say fuzzies. People far more confident in themselves than I. Because I don't really have the confidence to say fuzzies. And if I say fuzz is, you notice it more. That's the thing that happens when you try to avoid saying or doing something. Is it just makes the absence more noticeable. Like, why did you say fuzz is? I don't know, because there were multiple of them and they were fuzz. A little bit of fuzz. Because you don't say it singularly. People tend to say fuzzies when they're talking about multiple fuzzes. And when it's just one, though, it's like you have a little bit of fuzz here. You have a fuzz. I've heard that many times from otherwise fuzzy-speaking people. People say you have a, a little bit of fuzz, but when it becomes plural, it becomes fuzzies. Why not fuzzes? But either way, fuzzies or fuzzes, I saw a lot of fuzz go into my bath. And some dirt, too, I'm sure. There was a plumber here a few days ago, and he did, a, honestly, a terrible job. Everything's crooked. A couple things didn't get fixed. Uh, and he wore his shoes on that rug. His dirty plumber shoes on that rug. So I don't know what was on his shoes. It was just two or three days ago that he was here, and I haven't cleaned that rug since. So along with fuzzes, maybe some dirt, terrible things in addition to the Epsom salt, made its way into my bath. But, you know, I didn't drain my bath. I'm not going to waste all that salty water. So I just, I took a bath. It's that kind of day, you know? Oh, it, it reminded me of, like, that that moment of, like, when I, when I realized, oh, I can just shake the Epsom salts from the rug into the bath. You know, I was very proud of that thought. It reminded me of something a number of years ago where I realized that, like, Underneath my sink, there were like 10 Windex bottles, all with the same amount of Windex in them. You know, nearly empty. Empty enough to where the spray barely works, if at all. And I was just like, man, you know, why do I keep ending up with all these Windex bottles? And then it just dawned on me. I was like, I can pour these all together. I can pour these all into one and basically have a full bottle of Windex. And just that epiphany. 
you know, epiphanies are always something very obvious or that should have been obvious to you. And when you realize them, they feel very warm and natural because they were always there. And that's how it felt when I realized that uh, I could just fill them all. I could fill up one Windex bottle with all the other ones that were sitting around. And it was the same sort of feeling when I shook that rug into the bath, except worse, because with the Windex, it was satisfying. It's like all of a sudden you have this fresh bottle of Windex in front of you, whereas with this, it was just, oh, I got to get in that bath. I got to get in there. I got to get in there with the fuzz and the grime, the plumber shoe grime. I'm going to start bottling that and sell it. I've got some plumber shoe grime for sale. It's good for you. Good for what? I don't know. I just heard it's good for you. It's like fish oil. <laughs> Plumber shoe grime is the new fish oil. You heard it here. But yeah, there was another thing too, even before that, earlier tonight, I was at the grocery store and I admit I've had a chip on my shoulder all day. You know, I I took my mom to the doctor and it went pretty well. And so that was nice. But other than that, I've just, I've had an anxious chippy day as the NFL announcers like to say. It's looking a little bit chippy out here. Guys are kind of, these rival teams are shoving each other after the plays, looking a little bit chippy. Um, I've had a little bit of a chippy day, but I've been aware of it. You know, I haven't been going around in a fog, just being angry at people or anything like that. It's just been, I'm very aware of that chip, and I haven't really been able to shake it. I feel like I'm doing better now. I think that fuzz bath, no, sorry, not the fuzz. I think it was that plumber shoe grime. If you have a little bit of an edge... If you got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, just a little bit of plumber shoe grime in your bath will change everything. And the fuzz, that's just, you know, decoration. That's ornamentation. Got some fuzz ornaments on you, but it's really the plumber shoe grime that gets in there and washes away that edge that's been uh, just sitting there, that chip on your shoulder. It's been hanging out like a parakeet on your shoulder all day. And it was on my shoulder all day. Uh, I took a walk by the county courthouse, killed some time while I was waiting during an appointment, and uh, I was like, oh, this is a bad idea. Everyone here is really unhappy. Nobody wants to be at the courthouse. There's some people who are probably going to jail today here. This probably isn't where I should bring my chip. Uh, but then went to the grocery store a little bit ago, a few hours ago, and on my way in, I could just feel it. I was. It was just that I had that sensation that was just like, I, I hope nobody gets in my way while I'm here. I hope no I hope nobody, you know, does anything to like get into my space while I'm here. Cause once I know I have that chip on my shoulder, once I know I just, you know, I'm not gonna be the friendliest person, I'm not gonna be the most engaging person on a given day, I do a pretty good job, you know, I'll pat myself on the back a little bit and say I do a pretty good job at keeping it to myself. And sometimes if, you know, someone tries to get in there, you know, someone tries to, you know, engage me a little bit too much and doesn't pick up on the basic cues that can kind of go sideways, not terribly, but just, it's not going to be fun for anybody. Uh, but I'm aware of it. And so when I'm aware of it, I, you know, I do what I can to stay reeled in. I'm not somebody who ever explodes into anger, you know, a few times in my life, of course, but. Uh, on my way inside the store, I was just, there were a couple people in the parking lot when I was driving in, just little things that, where I was like, they're like trying to, like that person's like, you know, you know what I mean? You can just, you can feel the chip on their shoulder and because you know you have a chip, you're just like, let's just stay in our own lanes. And so I made it into the store and I went to the donut, 
I guess you'd call it a station. I don't know what you call that. It seems like a station to me. I've been using the word station more lately because I don't know what else to refer to it, especially when it comes to food. Like, there's a lot of stations in grocery stores. There's like the soup station, the salad bar, but I think it's more of a salad station. And, uh, you know, we use the word station, it's always like very grand, like a police station or a space station, but it's also just like, in school, move on to the next station, or it makes me think of like a children's museum, like a children's science museum, there's a lot of stations there too, and the stations at children's museums are just like, this is what happens when you put a mirror in a bucket of water, you know, I feel like that's what everything, (laughs) everything that's happening at uh, children's science centers is just like, This is what happens when you put water in a clear container. This is what happens when you put water in a, you know, a a yellow container. I feel like that's all it is. But those things are all at stations. Those things where you look at the way water looks in different containers are different stations. And it's the same thing at grocery stores. You're filling up your container with soup. You're going this and this. So there's a donut station. That's what I was getting to. That's where I was heading, literally heading in this story. I was walking to the donut station, and there was a traffic jam. There were a couple women with carts trying to go past it, and there was a guy already there. And there's a certain type of guy, especially in this town, especially in Olympia, Washington. And he would probably be self-described as an old hippie. He'd probably say that he was a hippie. He's probably in his 60s, maybe early 70s. At this point, maybe a little older. Maybe, let's say, between 60 and 75. Usually white or gray hair in a ponytail with a hat over it. Might be bald on top. You never really know with the hats. But it's probably bald on top. Possibly. Not probably. Possibly. It's, it's just one variation. Sometimes has facial hair. Sometimes doesn't. But there's often long hair pulled into a ponytail. Usually a little bit pudgy, like these guys love uh, IPAs, they love expensive, they're, they're usually retired or heading there, they're in, heading in the direction of retirement if they're not already there, and they're really just into this being like a chill old guy, they're kind of like an old school, you know, liberal, they vote Democrat, they're not on the cutting edge of the radical far left or anything like that, and uh, they seem kind of outdoorsy, but they're old and they... You know, they probably like think of themselves as like kind of like a just a chill guy who had his wild years behind him. He was maybe maybe considered himself more radical when he was young, more of a radical hippie. But now he just likes expensive beer, whatever the new IPA is, and apparently getting donuts. Because uh, I just made up a whole backstory about this guy, but it is a certain type of guy, and they're often easy to get along with. They're usually they as they market themselves as this chill old dude, they usually, that's usually how they are, you know, since weed became legal, they have a dealer again, they can go to the weed shop, and they finally have a dealer again for the first time since their kids were born, Uh, so that's exciting, Uh, (laughs) that's exciting for them that they can smoke weed again, which probably explains the donuts, but it is a certain type of guy I'm talking about. And if you don't live here, if you haven't seen this type of guy, if you're not just an absolute monster like me, maybe you've never thought about it. But it is a certain type of guy. But they can be kind of passive-aggressive and kind of entitled in a strange way. Uh, and they're usually kind of full of shit. You know, they really weren't that much of a hippie. They liked rock music or something, and they have long hair. <laughs> I just got to love hearing somebody just 
go for it. Like, like you got to love hearing me just go for it, judging this book completely by its cover. I know nothing about this man. And you don't either, because all you know is that he was at the donut station. And so I'm al- I've already got a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, and I keep my space. You know, I kind of use the ATM rule when I'm uh, behind someone at the donut station, which means like I don't just stand directly behind them. I don't want to stand in a way that will make them uncomfortable. And at an ATM, that's especially important. You know, you never want to crowd somebody who's making a financial transaction, especially in a weird little machine, like a weird practically hooded machine, uh, almost like those things that refs look at replays in. You don't, you don't want to crowd a ref who's looking at replays, and you certainly don't want to crowd someone who is making a financial transaction in a, at an ATM. And, you know, even more important, you don't want to crowd someone when they're at the donut station. So I didn't do that, but he was taking his sweet time, and he was really unaware of me. Which I, was, I, which I was especially aware of. I was aware of his unawareness because I already had a chip on my shoulder. And so I was a little bit impatient. I'll give it that. And he was taking his time, not really aware. So he gets his donut, and then I give him a second to see if he's going to put it in a bag, and he doesn't. And he walks it several feet away to his cart, which is not directly by the, the donut station. It's you know a good, I would say, four feet. You know, at the time, I was in my head, I was thinking five feet, but I'll be generous. I'll meet this person halfway. Let's say his cart was even three feet away. It was several feet away, enough to where he clearly walked away from the donut station. And I moved in. You know, I went in. There was one donut I was after. I was getting it for my mom, who, you know, had a pretty important doctor's appointment today. I felt she deserved a donut. Not that that matters, even if it was my donut. Uh, especially if it was my donut, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be telling this story. But so I, I get the bag ready. I open the bag and I put it down below, you know, below the donut station where you presumably would put your bag that you're going to fill with donuts. And I start to open the donut door to go reach for my donut. Thankfully, donuts were behind the donut door, the glass donut door. And then I hear, excuse me, sir. And it's in a voice that sounds almost like someone who might be about to ask me for help or a question or something. And I turn, and it's the guy, the old hippie guy, who, you know, he's looking forward to going home and eating donuts and smoking legal weed and sipping on IPAs and thinking about what a chill old guy he is. And those guys, too, the interesting thing about them is even though they have this, like, retired dad vibe, they don't need to actually be dads. And I think in a lot of cases, they're not dads, which is strange. In a lot of cases, they're kind of like, well, they're really (laughs) self-absorbed. They're really, you know, they're self-absorbed, so it's not clear if they had children or not. They're usually, they're almost always married, but they don't necessarily, and they're almost too self-absorbed to be the cool uncle. They're just like the chill guy, and everything, uh, (laughs) I don't know, Uh, (laughs) a whole backstory for this guy. But anyway, they don't have to be dads, but there is definitely a dad vibe to them. But he's like, excuse me, sir, and I was like, oh yeah, what's up? And then I was like, oh, did you need a bag? Because I noticed he had walked away with his donut with just like the little, the piece of wax paper. You know, he didn't get a bag for it, which is weird. And then I was like, okay, maybe he's going to walk around and eat it. Some people want to walk around the grocery store with their donut. But he's like, excuse me. And I was like, oh, did you need a bag? You know, I wasn't looking to like start a fight. And he uh, was like, I was going to get more donuts out of there. Something to that effect. And like basically implying that I had, 
you know, been I'd rudely cut him off in the middle of his donut gathering. He was getting apparently more than one donut. But what I want to know is why he went back to his cart. And he no longer had the donut in his hand, but he had the wax paper, the dirty wax paper. I could see donut smear on it. And I don't know whether he just scarfed it down in those moments between him leaving the donut station and going to his cart, or if he had a bag over his cart, like a bigger bag of donuts, that he was, for whatever reason, like carrying the donuts several feet away. Because if you're buying a bag of donuts, if you're buying multiple donuts, excuse me, if you're gathering donuts, if you're in the act of gathering donuts, you're going to put the bag down below the donut doors, because that's where, I mean, it makes it convenient, uh, first of all. I mean, it's going to take less time. It's easier. You just drop your donuts down into the bag, or you can gently place them down there. But I don't know what this guy was doing. So either he scarfed down that donut, and in that case, he might have been trying to get a free donut. He might not have told the cashier. I don't know. You know, I may, I've made a lot of assumptions about this guy. But if he scarfed that donut down, I don't know that he was going to tell the cashier about it and pay for that donut. We've all seen people do that. I'm not talking about free samples either. I'm talking about people who grab something from the bakery and eat it and never tell the cashier. There's trash cans in there. You can throw away that wax paper. But anyway, he had the wax paper in his hand, so I don't know what he did with the donut. I don't know if he ate it. I don't know if he put it in a bag in his cart. But either way, you know, I didn't get in the guy's way. I didn't, like, move in rudely and elbow this guy out of the way. Uh, I will admit I moved in swiftly. But I'm very swift at grocery stores. I generally know what I want. And if I don't, I'll be in there for five hours. But I generally know what I want, and I'm swift. And I knew the donut that I wanted. The second I saw him move, you know, I, I seized the opportunity. I will readily admit that. But this guy apparently felt that I got in the way of his donut gathering. So he, he said, excuse me, sir. And then implied, he said something to the effect of that I had cut him off, gotten in his way when he was going to be coming back to get another donut. He was making another trip. And I just said, excellent. That's what I'm doing too. I said it kind of nicer than that. It was smarmy. I was very smarmy. I might have been swift, but I was also smarmy. I'm a swift and smarmy guy on a, on a given day, on any given day, in any given moment at the donut station. Yeah, I just said, you know, excellent. Uh, that's what I'm doing. Almost like we were like soulmates. <laughs> I was like, you're getting a donut out? Me too. Not that enthusiastic, but there was definitely some smarminess. But fortunately, it shut him down. There was nothing beyond that. Because the nice thing about those guys is even though they can be kind of like entitled and a little bit oddly passive-aggressive, um, they don't want to fight. And they're not bad guys. This guy, I don't think he's a bad guy. And I'm sure he went home with a story, too. I'm sure he, he went home with a story where he told his wife, you wouldn't believe this guy he cut in front of me at the donut station. And then, he, and then he made some rude comment, like, you know, sarcastic comment about how he's just trying to get donuts, too. We're all just trying to get donuts. But I love that it involved a, a sugary treat. Like, we're fucking ants. And I, again, I'll say it wasn't for me. But I almost wish it was. I almost wish it was my donut. Uh, but uh, we're like these ants, and of course we fight over a sugary donut. 
And this guy, he was taking his time too. He was taking like so much time to get his donuts that even if, if he was, if he had to take multiple trips, he easily could have just waited the one second while I reached for a maple bar to stuff it in my bag. As I said, I'm not just swift upon arrival. I'm not just swift upon arrival to the donut station. I'm swift throughout the entire process. It's, I'm very efficient at gathering my donuts, especially when there's just one, which means I'm not gathering. I'm just seizing one donut. He could have waited for me to grab that one donut, even if I did fuck up. And I'll meet him halfway a little bit and say, yeah, I was pretty quick. I was pretty quick to hit the donut station when I saw that he walked away. But it wasn't like we were fighting over the last donut. I could totally understand that. If he was like, oh, I was coming back for the last uh, bear, I don't know, our bear claws a donut. Do they even have those there? This guy looked like a bear claw kind of guy. I bet he has a shirt with a bear on it. Those guys always have shirts that have some sort of like illustration of a bear and a salmon. Not like those wolf shirts that everybody makes fun of, but these are just sort of like nature shirts. Those guys tend to wear nature shirts, nature hats, and he had shorts on, and those guys, they always have khaki shorts, and usually with sandals. I think that was his look. I'm pretty sure that guy had all that going on. And I'm sure he went home and talked about that asshole. That asshole who got in his way. But it is funny because I could feel in that moment, I don't have, you know, and that's such a, a small story. It's, you know, it's funny to me because nothing came of it because it was so quick and simple, just this little like disease. That's a weird word, unease. Disease is disease, but uh, this little unease between two people. It's not a big deal, it wasn't a fight. But that's almost why it stands out, and that's why it's funny to me, because it was so minor, it was about donuts, but yet I am still thinking about it. And it's so funny when that happens, when something kind of like charges your brain. And I was never angry at any point in it, and I was actually hoping, there was this part of me that was hoping we were going to check out at the same time in the same line. And not so I could be an asshole to him, but so I could just act like nothing happened. Uh, Cool, man, I see you got the rest of your donuts. I should have looked in the bag. What all you got in there? What all you got? I should have dropped my donut in his bag and seen what he did. <laughs> That'd be so fucked up. Just put like I should have grabbed that donut that I was grabbing, walked over to his cart and just dropped it in his donut bag or stuffed it in his mouth. <laughs> Jesus. I just stuffed this maple bar into this guy's this poor guy's mouth. I've already made up this whole backstory just cuz he looks like a certain type of guy that I've stereotyped in this town. Uh, every once in a while, those guys will be like more libertarian leaning, more a strange. They'll, they'll be like, I was a Reagan era Republican who's distanced myself from the party. Sometimes they'll be that type of guy, too, while still being these old hippies and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but, you know, that guy went home, probably complained to me or complained to his wife about me. I went home and talked about him on a podcast. But, uh, you know, it does stay with you. And there was a part of me that kind of wanted more to come of it. Not anything like actually aggressive or hostile. But like I said, I kind of wanted just to see him in the line. And I've been thinking about it since. Partly because I'm kind of like, I was like, you know, like when I got home, I thought about it. And I was like, well, what if I was wrong? And what if I said, oh, sorry, man. And, and stepped aside, like pulled my bag away and stepped aside so that he could finish his gathering. And I thought about that and I was like, I would not have felt okay doing that. There are times to lay down the sword 
You know, even if you're trying to ring as many donuts as you can around that sword, even if you're using that sword to ring a bunch of donuts and have a sword that's just stacked with donuts, there's a time when you got to lay down the sword. And uh, I, you know, I, I think it's a good, it's a, it's good to exercise that. It's good to exercise some, you know. I don't know. Even if you're not wrong, sometimes it's. I think it's good to apologize, and I know that I rally against that all the time. And I, I don't like this world of false and forced apologies, insincere apologies that are forced and then not accepted. I don't like the act of doing that. I don't like the people who seem to demand that. I don't like anything about that. But I think it's good to maybe on occasion learn how to say sorry when maybe you're not completely at fault, especially when it involves people in your personal life. Because that's a, a weird, complicated story, you know, people in your personal life. But this guy in the store, I thought about it after the fact, and I was like, you know, if I had apologized and accepted fault, I would not have felt okay with myself if I had stepped away from the donut station and let him continue. And who knows how long he would have taken. I may have had to watch 20 trips, 25 trips between that cart and that donut station, assuming he wasn't just going to eat them all. You know, assuming that. Um, but it is funny how, like, when just any conflict comes into play in your day, there was this part of me, too, that was like, that would have been fun to escalate that. And even though I'm not the kind of person who escalates conflict, I don't get into actual fights with people, there was this part of me that could feel that. I could feel that it was there. It was almost like a... I'm trying to think. I was going to say a pull tab, but not a pull tab. Although you'd be gambling... If you were to escalate a, a conflict, you'd be gambling. Uh, no, but it's like, I'm trying to think of something you pull and then like, I don't know. It's it's not worth thinking of. Either way, I could just see an opportunity. I could see something like a little, uh, like something dangling that I could pull. And if I pulled that, a, a whole much bigger situation could happen. A big dramatic situation with people yelling and who knows what. I could see the possibility of that happening, and I knew that I could do that if I wanted, and I see people do that all the time, because it gives you a lot of purpose in that moment, and that's what I see when I see really mad people, when I see people get angry in public, whether it's at someone they know or a total stranger, I see someone who feels totally justified in that moment, and they feel justified because they have a purpose or some sort of meaning, and that purpose or meaning is whatever they're mad about. Whatever principle they're mad about, you know, in this case, it's like the donuts, the right to get donuts from the donut station. I don't know. You know, I could have found a way to, you know, just rally behind that, but it would have been especially ridiculous. And fortunately, I was just trying to get a donut rather than something that, you know, can trick you because donuts don't really trick you. That's what I like about donuts is they don't trick you too often. It's always going to be a donut. You know exactly what it is. Even if it's a donut hole, it's not going to trick you. I'd say donut holes actually would trick you less than a regular donut. Don't ask me why. I just kind of intuitively feel that way. The donut holes are a little less tricky. Uh, but uh, maybe because they don't have a hole in them. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you know, when it comes to donuts, there's, you know, they're not going to trick you, but there are so many other things that can happen throughout your day that will make you feel justified in your anger that aren't as silly as just this circle of sugar that looks like a cart, like a, just a, I mean, 
my view of donuts is they're just like a, something that was taken out of the cartoon world and placed in our real world. You know, it's like if you've seen the la- the movie Last Action Hero, well, that, that's not a great example, sort of. Because in Last Action Hero, you know, stuff that's on the movie screen ends up coming out into reality. And it's like that, but with like a cartoon donut. It's like something out of Roger Rabbit. That's what I feel like when I see donuts. It's like someone drew those there. It's like the stuff in Roger Rabbit that's superimposed over real life how the cartoon characters and certain objects will be in a real room with humans. That's how I feel when I see any donut anywhere. It looks like somebody drew it, you know, in a cartoon style and just placed it there. So there's no way you can get too mad over donuts, although we know people do. We all read the headlines. Uh, We all read the headlines, all right? We know what goes on in Dunkin' Donuts. It's true, though. I'm sure you could just look up on YouTube like Dunkin' Donuts Rage or Dunkin' Donuts Fight, and there's probably like dozens of dozens of hits, man. You're going to get so many hits. Uh, but there are other situations, though, you get into where it's not as easy as just, oh, I'm not going to get in a fight over a donut today. That's one thing I'm not going to do today. I might shake fuzzy things. I might shake plumber shoe grime into my bath, but I'm not going to get in a fight over a donut. But it could be something political, it could be something, you know, if it's moral, that'll always give you the, the steam you need to go too far, to push too far ahead. If it's some sort of moral or political issue, that will always give you the justification to be an asshole and escalate a conflict. And maybe sometimes that's what needs to happen, I don't know. Maybe sometimes what needs to happen is two guys slug it out over a donut. All I know is there was a box of donut holes sitting probably 10 feet away from us the entire time. And rather than filling up a bag of donuts or whatever he was doing, he could have just bought that box of donut holes. No tricks, like I said. See, it's all just in support of my theory about donut holes. No tricks. Those donut holes were sitting a few feet away, and nobody was fighting over those. Nobody was fighting over the donut hole station, because you just walk by, you grab that white box, and you walk out. You don't need to go uh, hang out and select each one. Although that, that would be cool, too. I love the idea of a donut hole station where you get to select each individual donut. It's almost like going to the produce section where I pick out every jalapeno. I'm like, is this? It's so weird. I, I've, I've started, I've developed that where it's like I'm very particular about which jalapenos I check, but I find the jalapenos have like a much higher rate of decency. Like, I feel like I'm way more likely to find a decent jalapeno than I am like other fruit or vegetables so I don't really need to scrutinize them that much but I do anyway and my point is I could easily see myself doing that over donut holes I could see myself going over to a large selection of donut holes and looking at each one looking at the shape but I'm glad that's not an option because this way we can't fight over donut holes because we just have to buy them in bulk. Because we just have to buy that box and we can't pick and choose them, it means nobody's going to be getting in a fight over donut holes. This land is mine God gave this land to me This brave, this golden land to me 
And when the morning sun reveals her hills and plains, I see a land where children can run free. So tell.